In this country, some truths aren't self-evident. In NPR's Black Stories, Black Truths, a collection of stories as wide-ranging and real as the people who tell them, we celebrate the Black experience for all its soul and richness. Search NPR Black Stories, Black Truths wherever you get podcasts. What does filmed for IMAX mean? It isn't just a movie that'll look great on IMAX's screens. It means that hiding from a sandstorm feels like fear in every flicker. And every triumph is felt in every sound wave. And the things we've only imagined, you can truly experience those too. That's what filmed for IMAX means. Get tickets to experience Dune Part 2 now and IMAX's exclusive expanded aspect ratio. What's up? This is Len, aka the Bat Tribble of Black Tribble's fame. And he is. Hey, this is Vince Williams. It's all soul. Wednesdays 8 to 10 on G Town Radio. And this is the 50th episode of The Michelle Mission. Two men, one podcast, every black film ever made. It is our our anniversary. It issue. is our anniversary. Wow. It is. 50 episodes already. 50 man. episodes. Look at us. Yeah, look at us. That's crazy. That, that's that's real crazy. That, that's freaking insane. That's what it is. Tom flies. Yes, that when, you're, when having, you're having fun. Yes, and we are having a good time bringing you uh, this weekly podcast. Um, and we hope that you are having a good time listening to it tonight in commemoration of the 50th. We thought it was only uh, proper that we review one of the tent poles of black cinema. Primary text. And tonight we are doing Robert Townsend's The Five Heartbeats. Five Heartbeats. The fictional tale. Yes. Of a Motown-ish type of singing group. Yes. The ups, the downs. Yes. And all the trials and tribulations. Yes. That come with being a male singing group in the mid-60s. Yes. All the way through the 80s. Does it go into the 80s? Yeah. Oh, yeah, that's right. Yeah. That's right. It sure it's does. like a behind the music for a group that never existed before they did behind the musics. Yeah. You're right. This is like behind, behind the music. Yeah. Oh, yeah. That's what this is. And this movie stars, it was written, produced, directed by Robert Townsend, along with his uh, co-writing partner, Keenan Ivory Wayne. Yes, yes. Keenan Ivory Wayne. And stars Robert Townsend. Yes. Michael Wright. Yes. Leon. Leon, one name. That's right. Harry Lennox. Harry Lennox, one of my favorite character actors. And Tico Tico Wells. Tico, Tico Wells, Wells excuse who's, me. He's not done a lot of work. Certainly this is his most famous work, but he is the fifth heartbeat. <laughs> yes. He is the fifth heartbeat. There's a sixth heartbeat that we will talk about as we get into the review. A character actor we have discussed before on the show, so yes. But yeah, absolutely. Five heartbeats. Great uh, movie for our 50th episode. Definitely. Definitely worthy to be praised. But before we do that, as always, we like to start off with a little bit of feedback uh, and conversation for you. We appreciate each and every one of you that emails us at Mission at gmail.com or tweets us at Mission Michaud on Twitter, finds us and likes us on Facebook at Michaud Mission, and now is actually becoming 
more and more followers of us on Instagram. Oh. You can find us on Instagram at Michelle Mission. All right. It's pretty dope. Um, I actually, I don't know what happened. Uh, earlier this week, I was listening to um, Mary J. Blige. Okay. And I was listening to, and I've been, I meant to look it up, and now you're going to kill me. The song, what's the song where she's, um, you know, she breaks down the days of the week. Monday, uh, a, a friend. friend of now, what are we gonna do? Right. Yeah. I, I don't know the name of that track. Yes. Well, it's that one. That song. I was listening to that song. Okay. It's one of my favorite uh, Mary J. Blige songs. It's a good one. Good one. And it it struck me in listening to it this week. In that, you know what? I could see somebody taking this song and making a movie out of it. Yes. And developing this into a movie. Yes. So then it got my head to thinking if there were other songs that would make a great movie. Miss Fat Booty by Most Def. Wow. Yeah, that's a good one. <laughs> Thank you very much. <laughs> that's a good one. That's my contribution. And I certainly never expected you to go there. <laughs> but uh, I told you to go like Living for the City by Stevie Wonder. <laughs> no. No. <laughs> Vince always if you've never heard it it actually is a great story <laughs> it is a great story it is a great story it definitely is <laughs> I just never expected that to come from you yeah I did put it out there on Twitter okay and on um Instagram um you know trying to get people involved in Instagram that's yeah. right that's, look at see that. what people say <laughs> and uh Edward Edward Austin Hall he said how about Minnie the Moocher Minnie the Moocher that's a good one, and that, it's musical sequels. Okay, um, were there? Were there? Sequ- I was about to say, I, I'm my Cab Calloway knowledge is is a little sparse. little minimal. Yes, yeah. I didn't know there were more Minnie the Moochers. I guess Minnie came back. Minnie came. Minnie's revenge. <laughs> Minnie, Minnie mooch some more. The moochering. The moochering of Minnie. <laughs> uh, Dan Dinkins, the mayor of Tribble. Hey, what's up, Dan? He suggested Black Steel in the Hour of Chaos by Public Enemy. I got a letter from the government the other day. I opened and read it. It said they were suckers, which always confused me why they would write someone <laughs> to tell them that it, dear Chuck D, we are suckers. Sincerely, the government. They, it was their, it was their confession. It was their confession. Their confession to Chuck yeah, D. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's a good one. Uh, Reed Lawson. Hey, what's up, Reed? That's my cousin. Oh, hey. Yeah, put it out there. She suggested, I think this is um, Beyonce's song, Drunk in Love. Okay. Yeah, isn't that the song about her and Jay-Z going really, wilding out in the really, kitchen? I and on the, I don't really do Beyonce. You don't do Beyonce? Oh, I forgot that's part of that 90s R&B. No, no, no. I just, just not my thing. That's all. That is 90 R&B, though. I, no, I think that was like. Five or six years ago, that's easily. Well, no, I'm talking about Beyonce and Destiny's Child. Oh, yeah, I just did. So, okay, all right. Uh, (laughs) Quincy Price, (laughs) Quincy Price suggested Paint It Black. You know that song? I don't know. I must say, I'm not familiar with that. I am not familiar with that song either. Uh, let's let's find it. Let's see if that that song comes up by the Rolling Stones. Oh, yeah, I thought, okay, all right, sure. Now I know it. All right. Yes. All right. I can see that. And um, 
we had a, a oh, where is it? Okay, 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 okay. Oh, Yael. Yael Gatha. Cool name. Yes. Cool person. Suggested Bohemian Rhapsody. Yeah, and I've heard that before. There, I've heard that that people should make film, and I feel like there there have been overtures for people trying to make a movie out of that. Yeah, another yeah. great story. Definitely, that's the uh, that's Queen, right? Oh yeah, yeah. They've been trying to make a Queen biopic for years, mm-hmm. but they can't find anybody to have the charisma. To pull off Freddie Mercury, yeah, yeah, yeah. which I can understand because Freddie Mercury is a once in a lifetime character. Yeah, the lead singer of uh, Queen. Mama, I just killed the man. That's how it starts. I know. So you know, it is kind of it's very striking. You're right there. Yeah, so you're in it. Yeah, it's like an Alfred Hitchcock movie waiting to happen. Yeah, yeah, yeah. David Matthews suggested I left my wallet in El Segundo. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's got some numbers. It's got my jimmies in it. I gotta get it. <laughs> gotta, 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 gotta get yeah, it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, that's, so those were a couple of suggestions that we had. Uh, we also got some feedback, some messages. Okay. Oh, Steve Tozen. Hey, what's up, Steve? The $6 million triple. He hit us up on uh, Twitter. And he said that uh, he said that he he does walk around the house saying uh, I want to get the quote that quote him exactly correct. Uh, Who's your Jesus now? Who's your Jesus now? Yes, yes, yes. The Tyler Perry villain quote. When he or or actually, where's your Jesus now? Where's your Jesus now? Because if your Jesus actually existed, and I don't believe in it, because. I'm an urban, overeducated, secular humanist who's also very dark skinned. He would protect you from this ass whooping I'm about to give you. (laughs) 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 I am super duper well educated and from the city, and I don't believe in God. Also, a little dark skinned. Very true. Um, Steve's wife, Alara. Okay. The. Ten million dollars. All right, don't get it twisted. She said every week Steve randomly says to me, "Who's your Jesus now?" <laughs> in a in a terrible impression of Vince impersonating yeah. the yeah. antagonist in every yeah. Tyler Perry yeah. movie. Yeah. Yeah. Thank yeah. you guys. Yeah. Shaking my head. Hey man, we're there for you. <laughs> Anything to help the multi-million dollar triples. There you go, <laughs> Mark Turner. Just listen to your holiday heart episode. Thanks for the laughs, whiskey tips, and dropping the invitation to pick a movie for the soundtracks of Black Film Focus. I will suggest the Mac soundtrack sung by Willie Hutch. Willie Hutch. Groundbreaking. Yeah. From the performance of Richard Pryor to the footage of the life taken from the actual Players Ball event that was held in Oakland, California, my hometown. This soundtrack told the story as well as enhanced the visual narrative. If it isn't in your library, get it. Thanks again, gentlemen, and happy holidays. Love the Mac. Love the Mac. Okay. Max Julian. We've had several Max Julian appearances on the show thus far. So it's only right that in June when we do the soundtracks of Black Film. Maybe we'll do the Mac. Well, we have to. All right. We have to. Mark has said it. He gave us the idea for for that month. So Hey, 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 hey. You know how this works. Your lady chose me. Now, we can sell this like some gentlemen, 
or we can go outside and get into some gangster you know what yes it's movie lines with Vince <laughs> here on the Michelle Mission Robert Monroe Jr. Hey, Robert. The show's not a show. We can, I, I can't, was about to say, we, he had to make an appearance. We can't do the 50th it's episode. It's the anniversary show. Without Robert. Robert. Yeah. Have to. Uh, he wrote and said, hey, I like Gentleman Jack with the stones in it. Okay. My wife got me the stones for Christmas last year. Very nice. That Johnny Walker blue was nice and smooth. Yes. Maybe there needs to be more episodes pairing films with drinks and food. Hey, wouldn't it be nice if we got some sponsorships? How about that? Giving out this, giving out these props for for liquor and going Giant Walker Blue. Man, Giant Walker Blue need to send some some bottles over here. <laughs> Amen. So, but uh, yeah, that sounds all right. If you do do a soundtrack show, I okay. like to hear a discussion of the music for Sweet Sweetback's badass song, Early Earth, Wind and Fire. That's right, and uh, Leela by Bernard Purdy. And he spelled, uh, maybe I'm saying this wrong because it's Leela L I A L E H. I'm not familiar. Me I mean, neither. I'm familiar with Bernard Purdy, but yeah, I'm not, I'm not familiar with this film. I'm not sure. I have to look that up. He also mentions that my friend David Walker made this movie Black Santa's Revenge. I like everything about that. Four years ago. I wonder if that's the comic writer, David Walker. I wonder. Yeah. I thought you guys would appreciate it. Have a happy holidays and a wonderful new year. And he sent us a, a link too. to Black Santa's Revenge. All right. So uh, we're going to have to check that out. All right. Thank you very much. Uh, Robert also wrote that he felt in response to our review of Bamboozled. Yes. That we did with Omar uh, Dorsey. Said that Tommy Davidson should have gotten an Oscar nomination for Bamboozled. It's one of the best race satires since George Shiler's Black No More. Okay. I've never seen Black No More. Me neither. We'll have to watch that. Uh, well, we, we've got a long trip ahead of yes, us. That's right. So we will check it out. <laughs> yeah. And he also asked, have you seen Fences? The film, I have not. I have not. If Viola Davis doesn't get at least an Oscar nomination this year, the Academy is officially full of ish. Well, it's been officially full of ish for decades. <laughs> Very true. I always like to point out that Driving Miss Daisy won an Oscar the year that Do the Right Thing wasn't even nominated. Like, that's what I always go to mm-hmm. when we talk about the Oscars. So, you know, nothing surprises me about the Oscars. I got you. Manford T. Oliver wrote wrote us and said, thanks for the Simone Missick episodes. Hey, man. Our pleasure. I hope that you all, that you have her and Dorian back. We do indeed plan to have Simone and Dorian Very back nice. together A on one podcast, uh, hopefully sometime in February. So all look right. forward to that, Manford. Lynn Marie wrote, to, wrote us and said, as I sit here listening to your latest show, um, well, the show that she was listening to at the time, uh, I couldn't help but laugh out loud at Vincent's comment about 90s R&B. Yeah, 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 yeah. Being from Maryland, I remember going to the Baltimore Harbor and seeing the people singing while it's making ridiculous. the fudge. When I was so younger, ridiculous. I thought it was cool. So ridiculous. when I got older, I thought these people were modern day slaves was singing so for their freedom. Ridiculous. <laughs> You guys, because <laughs> the then they would they would they would like harmonize, making okay. the fudge, 
making the fudge, going to cut this Latin pudding box, making the fudge. Like it was, it it really was something that if like if I told you it happened, you would think I was exact. Like people think I'm exaggerating right now. Well, obviously Lynn doesn't, but she, she's there to co-sign. It, it was it was ridiculous. Was it? What, what, I mean, they were singing. It it was ridiculous because you know if because you're not, they were if, if you're not from Baltimore, okay. During the the and I'm not gonna spend a whole lot, but during the eighties in like Harbor Place was like a tourist spot, right? So it really was you, you know it was Baltimore, so it was like you know three places tourists went in Baltimore, including the Harbor. So it really was that icky dynamic of you know these sort of local black men singing about fudge. And mostly white tourists, okay, taking pictures, and, and I mean, it was just real icky. Really, it was real icky. And you know, as Lynn said, and when you grew up in Baltimore, you didn't think anything of it until you, you know, you get like fifteen, and it's like, wait a minute, what is what is happening right now? And you know, so so the people were they were doing their job. Yes, they were doing their job. And they were singing while doing their job. I don't like that. You don't like them singing while I don't, doing their I don't job. like that. Why? Cuz I don't I don't I think that I think it has some old connotations and old sort of connections. Like I don't you, you know. But if the people were suppose and we don't know. Okay. But suppose we found people that actually had that job. Yes. And they said they like doing that. I don't care. You can always find somebody to say they liked it. Like you can always that doesn't remove it from the historical connotations and the historical illusions of black people performing for white people and doing doing a certain type of performance. Like this sort of grinning, laughing, shucking and jiving, because that's what it was. For these white tourists. Like you were actually like like your job was to make fudge like your job is to prepare the fudge and then sell the fudge like that's right. your job right. right all this other stuff is extra okay so yeah i don't like it right. i didn't like it then yeah i don't like it now okay and that's how drew hill got together well it worked for them i mean you know i don't know i don't I, some things i see i'd see your point I make no apologies about being a hardliner about certain things. Yeah, and then I know I that's that's me. That's I don't say everybody has to agree with me. I didn't say that they were coons or, or sellouts or whatever, but understand that they were part of a mechanism and part of a dynamic that has very old connotations. Okay. All right. That's all. Now you know them brothers got I mean you you, you know you got you gotta work, you gotta do but you know to bring it back to Robert Townsend mm-hmm. and one of my favorite quotes from Harlem Shuffle, there's work at the post office. So, you know. But, you know. Lynn continues that right. I love the show. You guys have made me view m- movies differently. When I watch a movie again, I'm I'm looking at the symbolism and those little things that I didn't catch the first time I watched it. Great job. And wishing you much success for the future. Oh, thank you, Lynn. And then Priscilla Priscilla Anakavunyani. All right. And I apologize if I yeah, put yeah, your yeah. last name, uh, Priscilla. Um, wrote on our event page, because for those who do not know, January 20th, Crush we will group. be having our second 
Body live move. event as we will be screening at Amalgam Commons and Coffee House here in Philadelphia, Crush Groove. Yes. Uh, we're going to have very special guest, uh, local DJ Duji is going to be there. Very nice. To help us uh, break down this movie. Looking forward to that. Priscilla wrote on that pa- on that post, I remember taking my little brother to see this with my friends downtown at the Sam Eric. Wow, that takes me back. Mm. Brings back so many memories. It was awesome to see hip hop culture on such a big screen, especially at a time when it was considered a novel fad yeah. by mainstream culture and regulated to late night weekend radio airtime. Yeah. Oh yeah, yeah, that's right. Yeah. Yeah. There was yeah. a time that hip hop only aired like after nine PM. Yeah. Oh yeah. We um we had a station W E B B which was like a lo fi station. They played hip hop and I remember standing by the radio taping the mix. Yeah. So yeah, that's that's real. Making them making your tapes, man. Mm-hmm. All right, so I thank everybody for all of that feedback. Um, and I invite all of you. What was the crazy one? You said it was a crazy one you want me to hear. I'm about to tell you. Okay, I'm sorry. Because uh, I, I invite all of you to, you know, as I said, email us. Hit us up on Twitter. Hit us up on, on um, Facebook. Like and follow us on Facebook. Follow us on Twitter and on Instagram. And even um, if you want to help us out even more, if you are a subscriber to the Michelle mission, especially via iTunes, which is the biggest distributor of podcasts out there. Mm -hmm. Please go in and give us a rating. Yes. You don't have to give us a review, but if you give us a rating that helps because the more ratings that we get, the more, uh, higher our profile goes in the iTunes algorithm and helps people find our show. And, uh, but if you do give us a review, it will be hard for anyone to give us a, a review better than Armin Loft, the second story man. All right. Did on November 30th, 2016. Okay. Where he invited each and every one of you to join the mission. All right. <clears throat> if there are better film podcasts out there, then I am unlikely to find out. Oh. The Michelle mission is entertaining and informative on a level that many critical shows fail to reach Len Webb runs a tight podcast which keeps the show from wandering too far from entertaining critical discussion this this will get overlooked by the sheer joy of listening to Vince Williams talk (laughs) just be aware if this is how they interact that it's how they interact that really makes the show shine. They are professionals and friends. Their banter doesn't suffer from them talking over each other, and they converse familiarly without leaving the audience out of the conversation with inside references. Something that is important to note about the podcast is their depth of knowledge. They know the films, which is important, but that's not all. Their knowledge about the subjects of the film, the history of both film and culture, and the actors, directors in both biographical detail as well as ability just stand out as a testament to how much care and effort they put into each episode, even if the film is just a frippery. (laughs) I like that. (laughs) The tagline may be two men, one podcast, every black film 
ever, but it goes beyond that. Just the discussion of what a black film is, which recurs in subsequent episodes, remains a vital part of the mission. Every film they do, whether weighty material like Eve's Bayou or a trifle like The Monkey Hustle, receives full and valid critique. There are hidden gems along the way, such as the film Uptight, which is so much better than its poster on Amazon will tell you. Occasionally, they have guests on the show. Each and every guest has only brought more depth or different perspective to the show and demonstrate how good Len and Vince are at sharing their time. I'll see you when it's time to meet again. Wubba lubba dub dub. <laughs> Man, you want to talk about made my day. Wow. <laughs> Thank you for that. That is... Thank, thank you. you, thank you, thank you, thank you, man. We we try. Oh my god, I man, we, I was cheesing. Yeah, when I read I that, I appreciate that. That was really dope. Man. That's fantastic. That was dope. That's a great thing for the fiftieth episode too. Yes, it is. That was that was great. Let you know we're we're doing something right here. Hey, we, hey, we trying. We trying. And it's only we fifty in. We onwards towards one hundred. We've only just begun. <laughs> oh. <sighs> All right. All right. Speaking of trying. Speaking of which, let's get down to let's it. Let's get down with Robert Townsend's The Five Heartbeats. If they're a heart. I think you guys have what it takes to go all the way to the top. A new film by Robert Townsend. With a lot of music. Big heart. The five heartbeats. I want you on my label. Let's make a deal right now. We're gonna go and record our first single. And I want a gold record. A new house. They were just five guys from the neighborhood who created a sound that rocked America. The Five Heartbeats. The Five Heartbeats. 1991 musical drama directed by Robert Townsend, co-written by Keenan Ivory Wayans, with a main cast of Robert, Michael Wright, Leon, Harry Lennox, Tico Wells, Harold Nicholas of the Nicholas Brothers, and another Michelle mission favorite diane carroll yes yes a lot of the film loosely based on the lives of the dells temptations four mm-hmm. tops yeah james brown frankie lyman you could go the yeah, list yeah. goes on and on follows the three decade career of the rhythm and blues vocal group the five heartbeats and the film depicts the rise and fall of this motown inspired soul act through the eyes of one of the heartbeats donald duck matthews vince yes this was your selection. This was my selection. This was my selection. I think, you know, we were talking about what film 
should we choose for our first anniversary? And I think, you know, a first anniversary is, you know, it's, it's important. Mm -hmm. Like this is our first commemorative episode. Like we're going to do a year anniversary, but this is the 50th anniversary. And, and, you know, quite honestly, everything I'm about to say about why I thought this was a good choice. I said it about soul food as well. Like, I think, you, you know, if we're talking about black film, Mm-hmm. And, you know, you say you, you, you're interested in black film if you listen to us and you like like there are some films that I think you should know. Right. And that you should see. And The Five Heartbeats is one of those films. Robert Townsend's second film after his sort of um, breakthrough Harlem, Harlem, Shuffle. Harlem Shuffle. And, you know, he had been acting for decades. You know, in fact, he was in um, Armin just mentioned the monkey hustle. Like he's in the if you blink, you'll miss him. But, you know, he's an actor in the monkey hustle and he shows up in things like Cooley High and, and you know, a soldier, a soldier story. story. And this is the film that he makes after Harlem Shuffle. And this is right in the midst of you know, the quote unquote black pack air. Mm-hmm. So, you know, Spike Lee obviously is doing his thing by 91. Uh, you, you know, if Matty Rich hasn't made a film, he's, he's, he's about to, um, John Singleton, say, John Singleton has made a film. Keenan Ivory Wayans is, is already making noise. And then you have Robert Townsend. And I think the thing about Robert Townsend and, and we, we talked about this a little bit a, last week, a couple of weeks ago when we did, um, Holiday Heart, which he has also directed. When I think about Robert Townsend, two words come to my mind. Warmth and affection. Okay. Like, Robert Townsend has such a deep abiding affection for his material, for black people, for for all of this. And there's a warmth to the five heartbeats that you know it's a very kind of comforting very sort of um it's a film that stays with you and and you know it's it's a pretty straightforward film yeah it's a pretty straightforward film you know as you said it's about this rise and fall of this music group and and you know from the first scene they pretty much lay out each of of the five heartbeats roles in the film. You know, Michael Wright as um Eddie Eddie King Jr., which I just learned before. It's Eddie Kane Jr. Eddie Trust King, me, uh, but I've been calling him Eddie Kane Jr. So is everybody. Is you know, it's sort of the troubled but very talented lead singer, and you kind of know what his trajectory is going to be. Uh, Dresser, played by Harry Lennox, is sort of the stable one, mm-hmm. kind of the backbone of the group. Tico Wells, his choir boy, is sort of struggling with his faith and being in the secular world. And then you have the two brothers. You have Donald Duck. Um, Matthews. Matthews, played again by Robert Townsend. He's the songwriter and sort of the brains of the group. And his brother, JT, who is sort of this womanizer. Daddy and, Smooth. Yes. And again, you kind of see where they're going to go in this. But I think um, it's a film that, again, Robert Townsend loves these musicians that have inspired this film. You know, you you rattled off a couple of of groups that you can tell that this pulls from, you know, certainly The Temptations. Uh, The Dells, I think, were actually unofficial advisors. Yes, they were. About this this Official. Official You you see them at the end, at the closing credits. You know, the Four Tops, any of these groups... And I just love that aspect of it. Like, I love the warmth of it. And I, and, and I love the fact that the warmth of it 
never allows it to get too dark. Yeah. Like even in the moments where you have, you, you, you know, where, where you have their manager is murdered and and, you know, even Eddie Kane, you know, he falls victim to drugs. Mm-hmm. It never gets that kind of dark. No. And mean. and, you know, again, that that sort of edge that a Spike Lee has, you know, that kind of edge that even Keenan, Keenan Ivory Wayans has, I would say, like, like we laugh about something like I'm going to get you sucker or, you know, low down dirty shame. But there is a edge in mm. these films. Um, John Singleton, certainly. Definitely. You, you, you know, the Hughes brothers. I just I, I have a real I have a real affection for Robert Townsend because this is somebody, again, who loves what he does. Yeah. And he loves the subjects. Mm. that he makes films about which which are black people in black culture so you know as the 50th show i thought i thought it fit really well because you know at the end of the day just to bounce off what armin said like you and i love black movies mm-hmm. like we love them and we enjoy them and and they kind of sustain us and feed us so i thought it was a good fit it is a good fit it is a, it's a, a definitely a appropriate film for a 50th episode um, and I hadn't watched this film uncut in mm-hmm. a long time. I've seen it, right, right. But right. You see it on TV, and it's sure, sure, it's always on the Spire or BET. Yeah, and you know, they, and, you, and watching it uncut, you realize how much they really did cut out. Of that yeah, movie. oh yeah, not just the language, but they yeah. cut a, a nice chunks out of this movie because the movie is a a solid two hour movie. Oh yeah, oh yeah, and it. To be to be perfectly frank, it's a movie that doesn't need to be two hours. I mean, yeah, but the, you you talk about the warmth in this film. I didn't feel the warmth in this film, but what I did feel, and I, I feel this about uh, Robert Townsend movies in general and all of his work. <clears throat> Excuse me, because I'm battling a cold. In case y'all can't tell, yes, yes. Is I felt his earnestness. Okay, all right. And, that's, a, that's actually a better word than warmth. And his earnestness is so palpable in this movie that it allows me to forgive some of the sins that I see in this movie. Okay. Like, um, also the fact that it is his second film. Right, right. So it's a, it's a very, it's uh, as audacious a premiere as a Harlem Shuffle was. Right. To do, for this to be his second film is him just reaching for the stars. Yeah, you know. What oh I mean? yeah, it's like it's like almost like your your first movie is it's like almost your first movie is Harlem Shuffle, and now your second movie is we're doing The Godfather. Right, like, right. That's what he's a reaching musical to. period, not a musical, but a period piece. Yeah, a period piece. Yeah, yeah. You know, and so you're reaching for it right yeah. there. So you know that earnestness and going for it mm-hmm. allows me to forgive some of the sins that I see. Of a, you know, a sophomore director. Okay. Um, a uh, a person who probably has written more than a few scripts. Oh but yeah. Still, his first real script is getting out there. Um, some of the directing, some of the staging, and everything like that. That's a little amateurish, or it doesn't really sell the story as strong as it can. But I forgive that. Because, like you say, the the devotion that he has to this story, the story is an amalgamation of all these other stories, sure, from the Dells and Temptation sure. for Tops and all of that, and he wants to be 
you could tell that he wants to be um he he wants to be respectful of that. Yes. Like he wants to try to show the warts but without exposing too many of the demons. Right. You know? And because I can ex- expose just enough to get you to feel what's going on, feel what they're going through mm-hmm. to carry through uh, this story. And it's helped by he does have a strong cast. Oh, yeah. You know? Oh, yeah. You speak of Harry Lennox mm-hmm. uh, in the role of dresser. Yes. Which is a role that while he's the backbone of the group, you need someone like Harry in that role because otherwise it's a role that can easily disappear. Absolutely. Because he's not given anything to do in the movie. Yeah. Yet his presence is still felt because of how strong a, an actor Harry Lennox is. Yeah, like he, he, I think I absolutely agree with you. Like he brings that gravity to it. Like yeah. He, he grounds the whole thing. He does. Yeah. Whereas the role of Choir Boy, I understand what they're trying to go with with Choir Boy, but I don't think Tico Wells is strong enough an actor to to pull it off with the little bits that he's given. Sure, he's not given so much, and that's because the the bulk of the story is the, is the brother, the brother. It really, is a, a three way brotherhood between Duck, JT, and, and Eddie. And Eddie, yeah, yeah. And that's the bulk of it. Yeah, you got a couple of lines thrown to Choir Boy, right? Because you know. As with black music, there's always that 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 tug of the church, yeah, oh yeah, you know, fighting yeah. against the the secular side. So that shows in Choir Boy. That's that's something that that is a story as old as time. Yeah, not just in the in the guy groups, but in the girl groups as, sure, as well. Sure, sure, sure. So you have to have that in there. But I don't think Tico Wells is strong enough an actor to make it really drive it home. Yeah, with the little scenes that he does. That that and with all that being said, though, he still fits in with the. He five plays heartbeats. his position. He plays his position. Yeah, well, absolutely. You know, but at the at the end of the story, at the end of the day, this is very much about Duck JT that whole brother brother triumphant, and then Eddie Michael Wright. Right, right. In what probably should have been a star-making role for him. Yeah, Michael Wright didn't do... Like, he was in this, and then he was in Sugar Hill. Yeah. And then he just kind of disappears. Well, you know, I think... Because I think that this could have been a star-making role for him, but I do think, to to a degree, he's a little one-note. Oh, absolutely. In the movie. Yeah, yeah. Um, and part of that maybe is the script... But part of that also, I think, is in how he's playing the character. Well, you, know, I, I think you know, obviously, he's doing a David Ruffin riff, right? Which, which you know, is is kind of it's it's ironic because Leon goes on to play David Ruffin right. in the in Temptations, Temptations film, the Temptations miniseries, and Leon's David Ruffin is so much better than Michael Wright's pained. Eddie, Eddie Eddie Kane Jr. Yeah, because it's more nuanced. Yes, but you know, I think I think a lot of that is the script. Yeah, you know, again, I, I think he kind of sets them up as these you know archetypes and and these these sort of like this is who they are, and yeah. and you're not you're not going to get nuance. Yeah, and you know, it's it's funny that that you say that you see the story 
as being between these three men. Whereas I see the story is about the music industry. Like this, the story is about these groups. And we're talking about well, this yeah. fictional group, the five heartbeats, but the story is about these groups. And again, and I love your use of the word earnest, because I think that's a much better word Be- because you get the feeling again, that Robert Townsend loves these groups. Yeah. And well, he loves says their stories. He, 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 he's on record. As oh, saying yeah. That when the temptation broke up, it broke his heart. Yeah. And, and he just wants to make a story. And you got to have these people kind of, you, you know, it's, it's almost like I'm going to get real technical. In film-like, is everybody ready? Everybody got their thesaurus out? It's kind of like with Voltron, where you have the five lion robots mm-hmm. that then make the giant robot. Mm-hmm. But nobody really knows the difference between them robots like you know the black one is the one with the that the head pops out that the face pops out but you know you don't really know the difference between the green lion robot and the blue lion robot you just know they come together to make voltron and that's how i see the characters in this film really like like this is a film about the five heartbeats and yeah each character plays a different role you know again he's the womanizer he's the troubled lead singer he's the writer but ultimately it's about this world and this group Mm -hmm. representing all of these other groups okay so that you know no there's no nuance in any of the characters they just sort of but but you know that's not what they're here for no that's true that's very true you, you do make a good point there. You like how I slipped in Voltron. Yes. <laughs> Under the guise of I'm going to bring out some film some film uh, vocabulary. That's called you. the Voltron, Voltron Theory, I believe. It's the, the Voltron Theory. It is. Mm-hmm. All, all the best directors. Uh, Francis Ford Coppola yeah, yeah, actually sp- speaks uh, of Voltron. Oh, if you mm-hmm. look, watch the, uh, the documentary about them making of Apocalypse Now. Right, right, right. It's, it's true. <laughs> The other thing that that I, I kind of I, I like about this movie because I love this movie and then I like this movie. You know what I mean? Like I love this movie just but I also like this movie. Okay. And one of the things that I like is the the sort of gentle hand he does he has with the repercussions for these characters that he loves. So that by the time the film ends everybody is in a good place. Well, yeah. And while I don't want that for all movies, I love the fact that when the film ends, all five of the heartbeats are in a good place. Like they've gone through this, they've gone through this trial of fame and, and drugs and, and, and alcohol and women and whatever, but they all land at a, in a good place. Yeah. They do, and I like a film like that. Every once in a while, you need a film. Every once in a while, every once in a while, you need a film like that. And again, I think that is like when you look at Robert Towns' work. You know, we're talking about Harlem Shuffle and and the Five Heartbeats, but then you get to some of his you know weird stuff, even like Meteor Man or Baps or or Holiday Heart, Mm -hmm. where there is this gentleness, yeah, that he has. Yeah, I mean, there. This is this is the beginning. Of the Robert Townsend um, style of movie, 
Yeah. Which you can see throughout all of his films. You don't yeah. necessarily know whether or not it's there in, in Harlem Shuffle. Because Harlem Shuffle, by virtue of what the movie is about, has a little bit more of an edge to it. Oh, yeah. Well, that's like 20 years acting, I think. Like, like he, well, was, yeah. he was a little pissed in Harlem Shuffle. Well, definitely. Mm. And also, I think that... It, 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 I think Harlem Shuffle is... I think Harlem Shuffle is more him and Keenan working side by side. Mm-hmm. I think The Five Heartbeats is primarily Robert Townsend. Right. Like, this this smells of it, it feels primarily like Robert Townsend yeah. and, and Keenan giving the script a once-over. Yeah, yeah. You know what I mean? Um, and... And and that's not necessarily a bad thing. Like I say, you need that every once in a while. It's his second film. The earnestness comes through, so you forgive it. Um, you forgive some of the 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 short riff that is given to uh, the women. Yeah. The oh yeah, 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 yeah. You know, I mean, they're basically just ciphers. Although Diane Carroll is wonderful in this. She's good. I don't she know. If doesn't she's doesn't have wonderful. a lot. Uh, Diane Carroll is is magnificent in this. Like just sitting in the room, like just sitting on set, and again talking about his affection. Like you can tell, he loves Diane Carroll. Oh yeah. Oh, he yeah. loves Diane Carroll. He loves himself on Diane Carroll. He and does. then she don't. Have, you're right. She doesn't get a lot to do. But boy, when she talks in the scene at her husband's funeral, yes, when she pulls away from Red. I said, boy, Diane Carroll is doing it right now. And I love Diane Carroll, and I love this moment. Like, this is sort of the, um, I kind of wrote in my notes, this is part of, of the black reclamation of Diane Carroll. Like, really? Like, this is during that period where she's, I think, I, I looked it up, she had been on A Different World twice mm-hmm. when this film came out as, as Whitley's, Whitley's mother. mother. And, you know, you look at Diane Carroll's work, and, you know, of course, Julia is her big thing. And we've talked about this before where, where you know, you look back on Julia. Well, I, Julia and then Claudine. And Claudine. And even Claudine. You look at Claudine. You look at Julia. The, the, the show Julia. And, you know, black people talked a little slick to Diane Carroll. Like, you know, some of us loved her, but some of us was a little, was a little out of pocket with the things that we said about into Diane Carroll. So I love this moment where you had these creators who said, Diane Carroll, this is home through their work. And so, I got you, know, you. you know, she's on a different world. You know, she had been in the Colby's in um, Dynasty, but you know, that's sort of a crossover white yeah. show. But her on a different world and her in the five heartbeats, I always saw that as black people saying, Diane Carroll, we love you. Mm-hmm. And then she kind of just stayed there. Yeah. So, you know. Okay, I feel you. I have a soft spot for her. I have a soft spot for Harry Nicholas in this. Oh yeah, yeah. You can't. You 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 gotta love my man Harry Nicholas, man. Yeah. When he shows my he shows my man like, let me see your best combination. <laughs> and like, you call that a co- get out of here, son. And he has to break it down for him. Has to break it down for him. Break it down. Break it down. Break it down. I tell you another thing. Just like, like right after that. Mm-hmm. Right after that scene, which is a great scene. And it's the one real scene that Harry Lennox gets to do anything. Yes. Um, but scene, right, of course, where he trains them. Right. So, so the five heartbeats get signed or get a manager, but then they need to tighten up their act. Yeah, so Harry Nicholas their, comes in as a choreographer. Yeah. And then the movie cuts to a whole bunch of black and white stills. Yes. Of them training. Yes. Best part of the movie. Yes. You it, know, that was them actually training for the movie. 
it looks so beautiful. Yeah. The photography, the staging of those of those stills yeah. looks so perfect that when the film shifts back in the color, I was like, oh. Yeah. I wanted it to stay there, man, because that really like like be, and maybe it's by virtue of the budget. The film has it's a feature it was a feature film. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. But it has a little bit of a TV movie, made for TV movie sheen yeah. to it. And I think that's Robert Townsend. And, I, and because and, all of his films look like this. They, they, well, that that is true. I think that's why we thought Holiday Heart was was, was a movie, right. movie because it, they just it just looked like a Robert Townsend movie. Right. Um but th- those stills really took you back to that time. Yeah. And which is why I really Felt like, you know, okay, if you can't, the budget is hampering you. Maybe if you desaturate this and did this in black and white, maybe that helps evoke that feeling of that time a little bit more. Mm-hmm. Um, so I, re- I really was disappointed when that happened. You talk about this film being like a reclamation for um, Diane Carroll. Diane Carroll. Uh, you, and you also spoke about how this film is about the groups of that time. Yeah. You had multiple faux groups yes in this film yes you did um before we get to the big one <laughs> yeah we could start with uh oh what was my man the, the the falcon what was his name oh the um oh lordy 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 oh oh oh, oh. bird and the midnight bird falcons. and the Mil- midnight falcons uh, with actors roy fagan yeah gregory alexander roger rose and jimmy woodard mm-hmm they were the group just reading from um Wikipedia here, the group the five heartbeats compete against. Girls, stop messing around. On screen performance. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, girl, stop messing around. He fell out. He actually fell out. It was too much. Yeah, did you see? The girl was messing around on, and he fell out on stage. His they voice had to had drag to, him. They had to drag him away. I mean, like, the James Brown oh, bit is like, you know, man. he leads them off stage. They drag they pull this man this film is so much fun it is so much i love i love that whole scene now we're gonna get the flash oh yes we're gonna get the flash but yeah you're right you're you're right bird and the midnight falcons are are, yes yeah and then bird look your name is bird yes so we already know what you're working with son yes so a man like bird yes don't walk up to some slick back pterodactyl looking bull there big, it is. big red. There it is. Talking about my royalty. Everybody but if if people know one scene they know from that. the five heartbeats. Red, I wanna talk to you about the books and I wanna talk about my money. And Red says my, my office hours are from nine to five. I wanna talk about the books right now. And they took them. And mm. he hit him, and he bust him up, and then he held him by his feet over, 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 over the, the balcony, um, over the balcony, like he was about to drop him. And then he pulls him back in. At the, repeat to me, and he tells him, and it's it is it is the quintessential five heartbeat scene. Yeah, which again, sort of um, rumor and you know a, apocryphal tales, as it were, from the music industry. You hear versions of this story that have happened 
Oh yeah, since the forties and fifties, where somebody's money isn't right, and this, that, and other, and then the, the the sort of crazy thing, art imitating life, but then life imitating art. Sug uh, Sug Knight and other people, Shug Knight. Shug Knight. I'm sorry. Then imitate the five heartbeats, and you hear people because I think you know. I think Vanilla Ice says, says that Shug Knight did that to him. Yeah. So that oh oh so, oh, and can we talk about Red? Can let's we talk, talk about how much I love Red? Let's talk about Red. Let's talk about Red. Uh, Red played by Hawthorne James. Hawthorne James. This is his big role. Hawthorne James as as the slimy record store, the record um, company owner. Yeah. And I think the thing I love about Red is that they let you know from Jump, Red is dirty. But I see how you go into business with Red. Like, I see, you, you know, we've talked about this before, where you have these villains, mm-hmm. and they're so villainous that you don't even understand why people even talk to them. Like, clearly, you're vil- like you're some type of devil. Yes. But Red is so charming and so funny that you completely understand how Jimmy, their manager, would say, oh, it's going to be different this time. So that means that Jimmy's a dummy. Jimmy's naive. Jimmy's a dummy. Yeah, but Jimmy's a dummy. Played see, by Chuck Patterson. I see how Red has stayed in business. Well, I can see how I Red see is, how Red has stayed. stayed in I business. love Red. Certainly, I can see how he's played stayed in business, preying on the you know the the hopes and dreams of all these young these young boys and girls trying to make it into the movie business. But Jimmy, who we're told yes from the beginning by your girl Diane yes, Carroll, she, yes, she's yes, she that does. He's been around this block yeah. a time or two or yeah. three or four, and she and he goes in with Red again. He knows Red. Knows everything Red's about. Reading the contract to Red, like, yo, Red, what's up with this? This yes. don't sound right. Oh, we can work it out. We'll let the Jim- lawyers handle the- that. So, Jimmy. Yeah. So, look. We got to get him signed to a dirty label because that's, that's one the of the great stories of yeah. the record industry, which, you know, then has my second favorite quote. Like, if my, if my first favorite quote is, of course, my office hours are from nine to five. My second favorite quote is when the five heartbeats come out and their record has white people on the cover. Oh, yeah. And JT is angered about this. And they tell him about crossover and this, that, and other. And he says, crossover ain't nothing but a double cross. You ain't never seen five niggas on the cover of an Elvis Presley album. That's right. And he talks about, and this is something that has popped. I think it's on um, De La Soul's album, Balloon Mind State. I think they have that on there. But then I always think when I hear it, I think about Bobby Caldwell and Tina Marie. Yeah. And their first albums, Bobby Caldwell is in shadow on his cover. And, And the record company says, we weren't trying to hide the fact that he was white. It just so happened that we didn't have his face <laughs> on the album that we were selling to the R&B. Like, like, how old were you when you figured out Bobby Caldwell was was white? Like, what you won't do, you do for love. Like, like when did you find out Bobby Caldwell was white? Honestly, I found out, like, maybe 10 years ago. Me too. Like, Bobby <laughs> Caldwell is white? And then Tina Marie, her first album, Motown, didn't put her on the cover. No, they did not. And I think Motown actually said, we didn't put her on the cover because we didn't want these people to know she was white. Yeah, they straight up. So I always think about JT when he says that. And, you know, you don't see him on the cover of Elvis, but Bobby Caldwell and Tina Marie don't get to be on their covers. <laughs> <laughs> Which is a true thing. Like, you look at some of these albums oh, yeah, from the man, 60s. yeah, was a big time, yeah. Mm-hmm. Big time. He did it to James Brown. Yeah, yeah. The Five Horsemen. 
the uh, white people who come out oh, and, and do the, the milk toast cover <laughs> oh, of God. the black group. I've got nothing but love for, for you, baby. baby. <laughs> I've got nothing but love for you. We joking? Pat Boone is living in a castle right now because because of this. Oh Lord, what what was his big hit? That was a wop bobble loo bobble wop bam boom tutti fruity on Rudy on Rudy tutti fruity on on Rudy. <laughs> Woo. <laughs> Living in a castle. Yes. Pat Boone is eating pearls and diamonds and gold for dinner right now. <laughs> Little Richie's eating a roast beef sandwich. Pearls and diamonds and gold, because that's what rich people eat. A dry roast beef sandwich. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> he can't even afford the au jus. <laughs> Would you like some au jus, Mr. Richard? Uh no. <laughs> I got a pack of the soy sauce. <laughs> that'll be that'll do just fine. Woo, this is dry. <laughs> Would you like a glass of water, Mr. Richard? Tap a bottle. I'll take tap. <laughs> that's terrible. But that's real. That was that's the record industry. This has been Lil Richard enjoying <laughs> an economy meal. <laughs> he walking to walking to the restaurant with a little pack of lemons. That's terrible. Some water. That's terrible. <laughs> that is terrible. That's bad. That Boone Look. is eating gold and diamonds and pearls. Mm. So, can we talk about Flash? And then there's Flash. Can we talk about Flash? <laughs> can we talk about Flash? Played by Michelle Mission favorite, John Canada. John Canada Terrell. John Canada Terrell. Uh, he starts off with Flash and the Ebony Sparks. Yes, he does. Because they defeat the five heartbeats in the singing competition. Yes. which Because uh, the fix is in. The fix was in. Flash would later become the lead singer for the five heartbeats. Almost a Dennis Edwards type figure. Almost. Mm-hmm. Almost. Um, yeah, man. Uh. I think this may be next to She's Gotta Have It, the most substantial Absolutely. role that John Kennedy Absolutely. Has no, had. There's no question at all. And Because um, the only thing up for debate besides this is him in the uh, Midnight Love commercial. That's true. <laughs> no, no, my brother. You got to get your own. <laughs> and cut. Woohoo, sag, here I come. <laughs> He's uh, fantastic in this. I love Flash. I love Flash so much. Yeah, he he's getting his John Canada. Oh my! On. He is twirling God. that mustache hard in this John. Leaves the group at the Hall of Fame at the ceremony. Hall of Fame ceremony. It's like these guys. Yeah, I've been you almost took, like brothers. You to took me. me in. That's why. That's why it's, it hurts so much to say that. Effective immediately, I'm leaving the heartbeats. Hopefully all of y'all will buy my new album coming out next week. Flash. It's lonely at the top. <laughs> I mean, <gasps> the solo album is coming out in two weeks. That's right. 
So he's been making this Flash. It's, it's lonely, lonely at, at the, the top. top. Oh, he's the best. Flash is the best. And then he teams up with the five horsemen. So well, it's Flash and the five horsemen at the uh, well, that's, that's That just serves him right. But it goes back to what I was saying, that even the quote-unquote villains, you know, they end up on BET with high top fades. and okay. you know, so I don't think that's supposed to be landing on the top. That he's with I'm just body. saying it's not like you you know. So he got his comeuppance. He got his comeuppance, but even his comeuppance isn't that bad. Like it's just kind of funny. Oh, if you say so. You know, the repercussions are all fairly light for most of the people. Really? Red is going to jail. Red is going to jail. Red should go to jail because he killed um Jimmy. He called he killed Jimmy. And the what kind of plot was that? Okay. I'm going to get you to come downstairs and run over you with the car. I don't understand what your problem is with this plot. <laughs> this seems like a rock solid plan to me. <laughs> There's nothing rock solid about this plan. You don't know when the man's going to come down. You got somebody throwing a bottle at him. <laughs> <laughs> Why? I don't know. Then, then all, first of all, first of all, you got the Joker calling his house, <laughs> like torturing his wife. And then he comes downstairs. Somebody throws a bottle at him, and the plan is that that bottle will will permeate his conscience so much that he will open the door to his car and pause for a minute or two, allowing the dumpster truck to come up and hit him. Because if he just gets in the car, he's fine. What, 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 do you, what do you want from? What, what do you want, man? It's what do you want from? They're moving the film along. You got to move the film along. You got to move the film along. I, and I will say, you, you know, it's got one of my favorite little twists in a movie, like the little. So, 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 you know, uh, Duck starts dating some woman that he's loved since he was in high school, giving her poems. But, but he thinks that she's cheating on him because he sees her whispering with choir boy. Right. So he follows her up and she goes into a hotel and and the doorman says, this is my lucky day. Can, you know, he says, can I have your autograph? You know, Doug, this is my lucky day. I've gotten autographs from two heartbeats. And you think you're going to see choir boys autograph, but it's his brother's autograph. Well, actually, you don't see anybody's autograph. He just tells you that it's your brother. Right, 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 right. So they don't show the autograph. But I love that. Like, I love that little detail that, little that that's how he figures out that JT is up there because this doorman has gotten autographs because JT is sneaking to see this. And again, even her, like as as sort of the harlot, she's breaking it off with JT or telling JT to stop calling her because she's actually in love with Duck. Yes. So, you know, like everybody is sort of you see what I mean? Like it's nothing. Yeah, but she doesn't get duck. She doesn't get duck, but it's not like she's a completely horrible person. Like she says, it started one way, but but I actually love duck. Yeah, and then you know everything kind of blows apart because it has to blow apart. Like the film again. This is this is is it's the it's the Voltron plot. Like you got to blow it all up so that they come <laughs> they together, re- reform. Right. So you know, so Flash goes and he's solo. Eddie Kane, you know, he's hearing on the radio about Eddie Kane Jr. is robbing a bank or something, and there's a shootout, but he turns the radio off, and you think Eddie Kane's going to die. 
But Eddie Kane don't die. Eddie Kane don't die. Eddie Kane don't die. And then, you know, he and JT said they were going to name their children after each other, whoever had a child first. And he finally goes and sees his brother and he's named his son Duck. And they make up. And then it ends at the barbecue. I'm just saying, though, he broke up his his relationship with this with this woman. Yes. Out of jealousy. Yes. I think that was pretty petty of him. It was. But, I mean, again, you got to get the movie. You got to. <sighs> Like you're looking too deep. It's the five heartbeats. You got it's the five. You know what I realized about the five heartbeats? I was thinking about it today. The five heartbeats is the type of film that I wish Tyler Perry made because it, it's very moral. Yeah, it's a very, very moral film. Like like when Eddie kind of gets comes back, it's because he discovers Jesus. Like he starts going to church, and, and he's with the same woman. They're all with the same women. Well, no, like all three. JT only gets with that woman at the end. Yeah, but but that's the woman that he was with at the very beginning in the broom closet. Is it? It's the same woman. I didn't realize. So you know, so that's a good one. I did not realize. This is his the woman he's been with. uh, The woman that dresser got pregnant, Teresa Ray. Oh yes, I know that. He marries her. They stay together. Yes, I realize Uh, that. You, you know, poor baby doll, poor long suffering baby doll, played by Troy Bear. Where's Troy Bear? I wonder. You know, poor, poor, long-suffering baby doll ends up with Eddie Kane Jr. They're both in the church. Does she get a name? No, she's still baby doll. What you want? <laughs> you want too much from this I'm one. I'm sorry. And then they all at the barbecue together with Diane Carroll. And I love the fact that Diane Carroll is sitting at the table with Teresa Randall and Troy Bear. But they got her dressed up like, because she's old, but her hair is like this shock of white. Mm-hmm. And she batted in both of them. I'm about to say she is the finest looking I person. Said, Di- I said, Diane Carroll, you 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 doing it right now? Diane I see. I'll Carol. give you that. You I are doing it right. Yes. Sitting next to Teresa Randall and Troy Bear. So, you know, I, I, it's like a very straightforward. You can you know damn near let the kids watch it. Like it's not a whole lot in here no, that, that you know. And then I, I, I I do. I love I love the I love the five heartbeats. I like the five heartbeats. Yeah, so. I'm gonna say I love it, but I do like the five yeah. heartbeats. I enjoyed it. So, there you go. There you go. And I do agree with you that this is a film <clears throat> that is, you know, it's, it's, it's like must-see. Yeah. Oh, yeah. You got it. If, if for it. nothing else, and we didn't even mention it, the soundtrack. Yeah. I mean, nights like this, I wish that raindrops Oh, that's the other scene. That's, that's Eddie King. You trying to get back? <laughs> He's got his costume on. Y'all gonna do Eddie King Jr. like this? Yeah, the soundtrack is 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 great. Fantastic soundtrack. It is really it's really great. It's a great movie. It's a great movie. It's a good movie. It's it, it's a very it's a good movie. It's a great. I think it's a great movie. I think again, this is one of these films that. It is. It is coolly high. It is okay. It is okay. Look, uh, it's a good movie. Cooley High is a great movie. I, I think this, this is, is not Cooley High. I think high. this is as good as Cooley High. Oh no! I think it's a tighter film than Cooley High. I think Cooley High meanders. I think Cooley High meanders. True, but Cooley High is very much a slice of life. It's, a, it's about that period of time. So that's the reason for that. This movie is... It's, I think this is just as good as Cooley High. And we can argue about that when we do Cooley High. We'll argue about that. Yeah. Because yeah. Yeah. we got a lot of movies to watch, Lynn. <laughs> we, we got sure 50 do. under our belt. But we got a lot to go. We've got a, a, a lot more uh, rails to cross. 
So, would you recommend The Five Heartbeats? I'd recommend it, though. It's a good movie. I yeah. definitely would recommend it. Yeah. And I absolutely would recommend it. Yeah. Absolutely recommend it. We've got to do an episode <clears throat> next week. We're going to do an episode. We've done 50. Done 50. We're going to go back through the 50. Yes. At the top, top of the show. Because I've gotten an unfair um, reputation of not liking these movies. Yes. And I think on whole, I think you will find that I have liked more movies that I've, that I've disliked. True. You know what it is? And we talked about this a little bit with Action Jackson. I'm slicker in how I talk about the movies I don't like. That's what it is. Yeah, maybe it is. Like, if you're paying attention, you can tell the ones that I, I don't really like that much. But I'm <laughs> slicker with it than you are. Yeah, I don't pussyfoot around. <laughs> You want to be all nice. You know, it's one of those films. It's one of those films. You know, we're at this time. I was about to say, what was going on at that moment (laughs) is really much more interesting than this film itself. And that's because this film sucks. (laughs) That's the Michelle mission in a nutshell, (laughs) ladies and gentlemen. Vince bullshitting you. Uh, (laughs) And I'm keeping it real. I'm contextualizing. I'm not contextualizing. <laughs> mm, you can taste the texture of that. <laughs> All right. It's time for us to I hope you enjoyed this. Uh, go check out the Five Heart Beats. It's available out there. It's streaming all over the place. And if not, it's going to be playing on BET. <laughs> Tomorrow. Within the next two weeks. <laughs> Tomorrow. Because they play it they all play it the time. All the time. If you can't find it on BET, it'll be on Bounce. <laughs> right. It'll be TV on TV One. One. It'll be out there. And you know why? Because black people love the Five Heart Beats. Yes, they do. Yes, they do. They, they would love nothing more than to spend a Saturday afternoon. Mm-hmm. With the five heartbeats. So, all right. But yeah, definitely, definitely catch the five heartbeats. Let's check it out. All right. Um, episode 51 is going to be coming to you the same day. Look for it. Because um, Vince, <clears throat> shout out to Vince, yeah. closing on a new home, yeah, ladies and gentlemen. Yeah, yeah, I'm going to be in a much better mood next week. I got a lot on my mind. <clears throat> Most definitely. So he won't be able to be here for episode 51. So I and my, my, dying voice will be here with the comedian Daryl Charles he's going to sit in with me as we review Black Dynamite (gasps) Dynamite Dynamite as we kick off our listener request I am mad you know I love some Black Dynamite I know you know know I love some Black Dynamite you know if you get an opportunity maybe we'll try and like give you like a little 10 minutes to record your oh, addendum. Oh, maybe. Because you know I got stuff to say about it. I know that. you do. I know you do. You know, we talked about Tommy Davis. Hey, like if I send you back, I send you back to Crenshaw beating them hot ass hangers. <laughs> Tell you, it's going to be a separate podcast. <laughs> Movie lines with Vince. All right, we got to get out of here. But Black Dynamite, I sell drugs <laughs> in the community. You know that was an improv? Sure, there's a lot. That was an improv. Like, if you look at Michael Jai White, when they go back to him, he almost breaks character. I can believe it. Yeah. It's a lot of improv in that yeah. movie. <laughs> like the orphanage. Um, <laughs> well, I'm, I'm, I'm certain that you all are going to put your ankles in it. <laughs>
Oh, yes. Well, certainly. Well, certainly. All right, ladies and gentlemen, we're going to get out of here. Hope you've enjoyed this. Uh, You know how to reach us. Um, Like us, follow us on Facebook and Twitter and Instagram. Email us at michellemission at gmail.com. And like us on uh, iTunes. Rate us on iTunes. And you can follow, find each and every one of our episodes available for your download of streaming pleasure on michellemission.com. He's Vince, I'm Len, and parting we say. We'll see you when it's time to meet again. It's time to bid adieu. It's been a pleasure knowing you. I'll see you when it's time to meet again.